welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Wow. Thank you so much to the worship team. Just want to say a special, special uh, appreciation for the team that each week is continuing to bring, even if it's a short online worship experience for everybody watching for the house. I just know that worship is a huge part of our relationship with God, especially worship expressed in song and music. And so thank you so much to the worship team. We love you and uh, can't wait to come back and worship together. Maybe you're uh, out there, you're, you're watching, you've been part of the house for some time and you are a musician, you play an instrument, please let us know. We would love to see you get connected in the house musically in the next season. There's always these hidden musicians out there that are part of the part of our church culture. We never really know. And so I'm sending an invitation out to you if you um, are, are someone who loves music and loves God and would love to honor God through your talent, through your skill. And so let us know. You can email our team and we'll get the information to you. Today, as you know, we've kind of come out of a, a series called Breaking Through You. is a five-part series. What was starting and was going to be sort of a three-part series ended up being a five-part series. I hope it encouraged you. I would encourage you to go back. I know that um, a lot of our team, even from last Sunday, may have missed last week's message because we were doing some rehearsals while we were premiering the live Sunday online experience. We are all we are also practicing and getting ready for our soft launch September 26th, which includes all team, uh, obviously in preparation for October 3rd, which is our official launch for everyone to come out. And we'd love to see your face out there October 3rd, your new face. If we haven't met you, please come on out if you feel comfortable coming back into an in-person service. But just as a reminder, as you've already heard, we are going to keep our online experience as well for those that do not feel comfortable coming back into a live environment. But as we've exited this last series, Breaking Through You, I just felt to sandwich in the middle as we transition into this next relaunching season. And uh, it's going to be a transition. These these transitions, things happen. Uh, there's roadblocks, there's humps, there's big things to break through, um, big opportunities, big obstacles. Uh, as we enter into this relaunching season, I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to sandwich in this encouraging, simple yet basic, what I believe foundational message uh, to encourage us in this season during this transition. And really, for many people, it might feel like a repeated encouragement. You know, um, there's stuff of this nature or topics like I'm going to talk about today that we we often will speak repeatedly throughout the course 
of a year because these are things that we value as a house. One of our main vision statements, if not, well, it is our vision statement actually, is helping everyone everywhere experience God. Ultimately, our goal is to help you, the listener, help you, the one connected, whether you're in person or online, help you through whatever we do as an experience online to help you really experience the love and power of God in your life in a real way, you guys, not just, oh, I encountered church and I went to church and church was great and I love church. No, we want you to fall in love with Jesus, encounter Jesus, be transformed by Jesus himself. That is the goal. You know, the kingdom wins when one person says yes to Jesus. And every week we are praying that God would continue to show you the power of his son through the life of what we do here at Kingdom Culture. So I want to open it up with 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Paul is talking, he's closing his second letter to the church at Corinth um, up. He's closing it up and he says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know that we are saved by grace through faith, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, which was shown, John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son, which is grace, he sent grace, and the love of God, and the communion, everyone say communion, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. And he says, amen, he closes it up, amen, so be it, that's what amen means, so be it. Let me read it one more time without any explanation. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. That definition for communion is intimate connection. If you actually look it up in the Webster's Dictionary, it's social intercourse. It's so intimate. There's like a verbal, yes, a verbal connection, but also an intimate spiritual connection in the context that we are reading in. That it's Paul's encouragement, the communion, the fellowship, the koinonia in the Greek, the, 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 the connection, deep connection with the Holy Spirit be with you all. Yes, we want the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want you to understand who he is as grace. We want you to understand who God is as love. That's what he says, the love of God. But we want the communion of the Holy Ghost to be with you all. Why? Because it's in the communion of the Holy Ghost that you actually see the love of God and understand the grace of Jesus. In fact, you can't even, the Bible says in Philippians 3, verse 3, you can't even worship the Spirit of God or worship God except by the Spirit. You can't even worship God except by the Spirit. We worship God by the Spirit. You can't um, know Jesus except by knowing Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one, John says, who guides us into all truth. He guides us into all truth. Romans 8 verse 14 says that those that are led by the what? Holy Spirit are the sons of God. You do not understand who you are as sons unless you are guided and led by the Holy Spirit. Galatians says, keep in step with the Spirit. We're encouraged over and over again. Remember this, Jesus is only made known through the power and the working and the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. He is the one who dwells in us, says in Romans chapter uh, uh, 8, verse 11, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, okay? So he is the person of the Godhead that's revealing the totality of who God is, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Father, God, the loving Father, the creator of all things. The Holy Spirit has been sent to us 
to walk with us as our tour guide of the kingdom. Jesus said to his disciples, there's gonna come a time when I leave and behold, another, another, a helper will come to guide you into all truth and he will remind you of everything that I've said while I was with you. So the power and the working and the communion of the Holy Spirit is so important for the believer. In fact, if we do not have a focus on this aspect, we will miss out on the depth that we get to move into as spiritual believers and followers of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, let's lock in and lean into this message today, and I believe it will really strengthen your soul, strengthen your spirit. John 10, verse 14. John 10, verse 14. Now, remember I said this before, the Holy Spirit reveals to us and shows us and demonstrates to us the reality of who Jesus Christ is as a good shepherd, as the Son of God, as the one who took upon the sin of the world, resurrected to raise us to new life, okay? So the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates this, who reveals this, who gives us the revelation that we need to move forward in him. John 10, verse 14, Jesus is now speaking, saying this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Verse 16, I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. It goes on in verse 27, my favorite my favorite verse, I mean so much my favorite verse, I got a tattoo literally on my arm. My favorite verse, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I wanna ask you this question in this season. What voice are you following? What voice are you listening to? What sound is directing and getting your attention in this season? The reason why I opened up with this, this idea of the value of the Holy Spirit is because without knowing the Holy Spirit, we do not have the ability to recognize the voice of God in our life as New Covenant believers. And so my message title today, if you're taking notes, which I would encourage you to take notes today, is what is he saying? What is he saying? Pay attention to the, and we're gonna break down what the is in a few moments, pay attention. God wants us to pay attention in this season. It's so important. And the reason why I'm sandwiching this message in between what we just came out of, which was a little bit heavier, and moving into this next season of relaunching, it's so important that we are reminded of the importance and the value of listening and recognizing the voice of God in our life through the communion and the connection we have with Holy Spirit. So let's go back to John chapter 10, verse 27, my favorite verse in scripture, probably. I mean, yeah, definitely my favorite verse. Of course, John 3, 16. Of course, all the things that you should say as a minister is my favorite verse. No, this is my favorite verse, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, just before we go on into this, shameless plug, and I wanna encourage you, we are about to launch after many years of process, after um, lots of revising, uh, revisiting stuff, we are about to relaunch what was formerly called our School of Daniel that we had for um, since 2004 all the way till 2015, so 11 years. We had this school called the School of Daniel, went strong for 11 years. Actually, I've done it all around the world 
and uh, what was formerly called the School of Daniel for people and training up uh, people in the marketplace, people that hear the voice of God, that walk in the supernatural, that demonstrate faith in the supernatural in their workplace, which was the premise and the whole focus of the School of Daniel, raising up Daniels like Daniel was a man who influenced government 60 years consistent, but he was a man of the supernatural. We are launching it, it's called the Supernatural Leadership School, and we're launching it, relaunching it, I would say relaunching, because we're actually relaunching what was already online as e-courses, and our first e-course is nine weeks on the voice of God. And so if, if this, what I'm talking about today, whets your appetite a little bit, I wanna encourage you to pay attention and watch for, as we launch in the fall, this online school. I know it will be an absolute blessing and strength to your life. So let's go back to John 10, 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This word for hear, okay, in the Greek comes from the English term. The root of that comes from the English term acoustics. So when God says my sheep, when Jesus says my sheep hear my voice, they literally what he's saying is he has established within his soul and within his spirit an acoustically treated environment to hear and recognize the voice of God. The problem is never about whether we hear God or not. The problem is always about whether we're recognizing what it is that he's saying. You've heard me say this over and over again, especially if you've been around me for a few years. You've heard me say this over and over again. We don't need to hear, we need to recognize, okay? Because the Bible says, my sheep hear. It doesn't say sometimes, it doesn't say, you know, when they're good, when they fasted, when they've read their Bible for 30 days straight, when they finish their devotional, they're super spiritual, when they worship all day and all night. No, he says, my sheep hear. The problem's never been about hearing, it's about recognizing. I can scream all I want to my kids in the public square. And all they may hear is loud screaming. All they may hear is, is sound. But because they know me and because I am their father and they follow me, guess what? They recognize that it's me speaking to them or screaming at them in the public square. Okay? So the Bible here, Jesus here, is, is encouraging this reality that as you follow me, as you get to know me, you are creating within you an acoustically treated environment to distinguish my voice. This word for voice in the Greek literally is the word phone, which means sound. It means noise or even tone, okay? So my sheep can literally acoustically, they can hear the acoustics of my voice. They can hear the acoustics of my sound. They know what sound that it is that I'm playing in that moment. They know what note I'm strumming on the guitar, so to speak. They know what chord progression I'm playing. They've tuned in their ear. They've developed the theory. I'm speaking symbolically, symbolically here. The, the, the theory around the music of my voice so they can distinguish where I'm headed. They can distinguish what progression I'm about to move into. They can distinguish the crescendo. They, they can discern how, where I'm going and how I'm speaking and where I'm taking them. This is what he's saying. So if you wanna dive into this more, I would encourage you to come check out our, our, our school. But here's the reality. We will spend most of our spiritual lives and non-spiritual lives trying to figure out the sounds and voices in our lives that are trying to get our attention. You know, life has a sound, has a way of getting our attention. This is why it's so important that we know what he is saying in this season and we pay attention to the, to the common or what feels insignificant ways that he's trying to get our attention. 
because there are so many other things trying to get our attention right now. So many other sounds and voices, and we don't even know what to believe. I, I was watching something online the other day, a video, and and this, this young individual made a really good point. He was like, you know, no wonder we have so much anxiety these days because you go on your phone and you search, I think the, the context that he was using was you search coffee causes blind causes blindness. And, you know, and you Google that and all these things come up about, you know, all this science and studies and research that's been done to prove that coffee can actually cause blind, blindness. And then you search at the same time, coffee helps the eyes. And you go online and it shows all these studies and research that says how coffee can actually help your sight. And no wonder we're so anxious these days. There's so much confusion around what's true and what's not true. There's so many voices out there saying this is right and this is right and this is wrong and this is wrong. And how do you know what's true? This is why more than ever we need to know and get to know continually Mr. Truth himself, Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. We want truth in this season. We want to figure out what truth really is. I'd say get to know truth himself, Mr. T. Find him, find him, get to know him, spend time with him, and watch what happens in your life. And you'll learn to distinguish between the sounds, the voices, the right voice from the wrong voice. I mean, and we'll get into this in a second about the word, but, and we've been talking about this, but life has a way of trying to get a hold of us and a sound that's trying to lead us right now. And God wants us to get a hold of his voice so he can lead us because my sheep hear my sound. They hear my voice. They create acoustically treated environment to distinguish the notes that I'm speaking in the moment. They know me and they follow me. So in the end, because we're following him, getting to know him, we need to learn the sound of the Holy Ghost and his voice as the loudest above all and recognize it. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I love John. John the Revelator has this crazy vision on the Isle of Patmos. The whole book of Revelation is a wild ride. It's a movie. Um, and he says this in the beginning of the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 10. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. There are definitely seasons in life where God's voice feels loud. God's voice feels like a trumpet blast. It's getting our attention. It's like be, behind. it was behind John. He, he, he describes it as suddenly... I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet blast. Like, just imagine you're you're standing there, and all of a sudden, somebody behind you that you don't even know is there really screams at you. I mean, it gets your attention, right? I feel like in this season, that's what God's voice is like for me. I feel like in this season, I don't know about you, but I feel like not only is God's voice going to get louder in the church corporately, in the body of Christ globally, and I believe his voice is getting louder through his people, but he's also, I believe, he is trumpeting his voice and his truth to his people individually, louder in a way, in a, in a way that maybe in previous seasons it wasn't, it wasn't as loud. I know for me, in this last season, especially the last month and a half, I'm feeling the loudness of God's voice in my personal life, and you know, it's getting my attention getting my attention, some of the encounters that I've been having, things that I've been seeing, things that God is showing me, it's like clear, it's loud. But it's not always like that. Sometimes it's 
the whisper. It's the impressions. It's the it's in the waiting or in what feels sometimes like silence, even though I don't believe in wilderness silence seasons. I believe that God is always speaking. It just means that he's speaking a different way. We have to lean in and discover and search. Um, God is always speaking, but it just might not feel as loud. I feel like this is a season that's really loud and God wants to get our attention. And the more we pay attention, the more we recognize, which is why my subtitle is pay attention. You know, it's like I remember when I was younger, I had a cat. His name was Smokey, super fat cat, chubby, like just, man, he would walk and like the, he had this like big sack underneath him, like, you know, like this big, it looked like a milk sack or something was his stomach. And he would walk and it would just like, it would sway. That's how big he was. Super cute. Anyways, he died and that was, that was hard. And I, I, I cried a lot, but he, I remember just as a kid looking at him and, uh, you know, when he'd hear a sound in the house, his ears would just right away turn towards the sound. I mean, all animals do that for the most part, at least those with bigger ears or stiff ears. They kind of turn, they, 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 they move towards the sound. This is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us in this season because there are so many sounds that are trying to split and divide our hearing. The Holy Spirit wants to direct all of our attention to what he is saying in this season. In the midst of a season where everything else is super loud, we need love. We need love himself, truth himself to be the loudest in our life or the thing that we pay attention to the most in Jesus' name. So this whole message really is a question to you, and I'm hoping you can find some answers today. And it's what's or what is he saying? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you in this season. If you're not sure, then my encouragement is to pay attention to three things in this season. And maybe, just maybe, you're gonna begin to get a hold of what he's saying over your life. Number one, write this, write, write this down. Pay attention to the impression. Pay attention to the impression. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And most people, they land on this verse. Like, this is the only way God speaks. And I believe God absolutely is always speaking through his word. And I believe we need to get to know his word. But even more, okay, as we get to know his word, we also get to know and become confident in his voice. Okay, his voice, yes, can speak through the word of God. We actually talk about this in my school extensively. Yes, 100%. But I believe knowing the word is actually the greatest framework and foundation for which we build a life of hearing and recognizing the voice of God, knowing what's of the soul and what's of the spirit. That's why it's a divide. It's a sword that divides and helps us distinguish between good and evil, soul and spirit. It brings a separation. It gives us clarity where there's no clarity. That's why we need to know the word of God. But we can't just stop there and say God only speaks through his word because every prophet and all the scripture that we read about, these guys, for the most part, didn't have what we have today, and they walked knowing God. They walked in relationship with God. They walked hearing the voice of God, recognizing the voice of God without any written letter. So today, God has given us the letter to build our life on as a foundation so we can have a greater accuracy and sharpness to the distinguishing of the voice of God in and through our life. And sometimes it's these slight impressions, these, these what I would call spontaneous 
God thoughts that come into our mind or feelings that come onto us. I mean, so many people out there listening, you would, you would call yourself a feeler. That may be the number one way that God speaks to you the most. You feel it, you know it. And, uh, you know, the word just may be the very thing that confirms it, that gives you the peace to know that what you're feeling is actually from God. Sometimes the voice of God feels like just one step away from your thoughts or even your own imagination. Now, let me just say this, and I'm not going to get into this deeply, but I do get into this deeply in my school. Remember, God gave you an imagination, okay? I mean, when Daniel in Daniel chapter 7, and all throughout Daniel, read, talk, read it talking about Daniel having dreams and visions, you know, these visions were in his head, okay? And God will use your personal faculties. He'll use your the things he's given you to speak to you and through you. God will use those things. God gave you a brain, gave you an imagination. He was a, He's a creator. The devil didn't give you squat, okay? He didn't give you an imagination, didn't create your brain, didn't give you a heart. God himself, through the power of the Holy Spirit, created all that you are. Therefore, he will use all that you are to speak to you and through you. Hope that liberates some people because some of us are so afraid. What if it's my own thought? Yeah, it could be your own thought. And yeah, it could be your own vain imagination. You just made that up. You're 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 wanting a Rolls Royce and you're praying, God, what's the car you want to give me? And all of a sudden you see a Rolls Royce. Well, that yeah, that could be your imagination. Probably is your imagination. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how God can use whatever he he wants to use to speak to you. And as we get to know the Word of God and build our life on the Word of God, we're able to distinguish what's of the soul, our own imagination, and what's of the Spirit, God speaking to and through our imaginations. Two different things. Hope that helps a little bit. Let me read Revelation chapter 1, verse 15 here. It says, just as we're talking about the impression, but I did talk about earlier about the loudness of God's voice, the loudness of God's voice. It says here, his feet gleamed like brightly polished bronze, purified to perfection in a furnace. His voice filled the air and sounded like a roaring waterfall. Now, the reason why I'm likening the voice of God, like before this, even this first point, impression, I'm talking about, you know, God's trumpeting voice. Kind of sounds like two conflicting things. When you think of a pre impression, you think quiet, you think silent. And yes, I'm talking about that. But I'm also talking about even in that space, there are the loud tones. There are the loud sounds that are also what are what giving us, are, are, is what's giving us an impression, okay? An impression doesn't just mean the silent voice of God, the whisper of God. It doesn't just mean the loud trumpeting sound of God. It's all those things, it's everything in between, okay? In a waterfall, if you take an oscilloscope, you measure the waves and you measure, there's actually, it, it covers all tones on the whole spectrum. It covers all the frequencies, sorry, on the whole spectrum. A waterfall, they say, has over 20,000 distinguishable tones in the sound when you measure the sound of a waterfall. So you think about this, if his voice is like a waterfall, you're gonna have your loud tones, you're gonna have your, small, your, your, your quiet tones, you're gonna have everything in between. You're gonna have all these different tones and his voice is like a waterfall. So the only way you're gonna be able to break down all those different tones and figure out, okay, God, what are you saying is to quiet yourself to lean in, to learn, to create an acoustically treated environment where you can literally hear all the different sounds of all the different instruments, because he also talks about it like the voice of God, like many harpists, okay? And if you go to a symphony, 
Where do you want to see a symphony? In a good acoustically treated environment, because then you can distinguish all the different highs, lows, mids, the sound of the orchestra. You put that same orchestra in a bad environment, it's going to sound like a muddy mess. It will sound like a disaster. You put it in a good acoustically, acoustically treated environment, you're going to be able to hear all the different tones. Well, this is the kind of... Um, space that God wants us to be in when it comes to relationship with God so that we can distinguish what it is that he is saying. John talks about it like a roaring waterfall, roaring waterfall. It's loud, but it also has many different facets to it. And we get we need to get to know um, those facets. I know one of the one of the things that I've learned over the years, traveling especially, often when I move in the word of knowledge, and if you've ever heard me teach on the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge is one of the supernatural gifts of the spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the word of knowledge being, you know, having divine, getting divine information from God of someone's past or present situation. So you may get information about like where they live, what their house looks like. You may get their phone number, their address, their name, their last name, whatever the case may be, their birthday. And often when I've moved in the word of knowledge, I'd say probably like seven out of 10 times, the, the, the way that I get the word or the way that I understand the word is through these impressions. You know, I'm not saying all the time because sometimes I'll have like the vision, I'll see everything, but I'll get these impressions of a name, of a, of a, of a person's birthday, an anniversary, something along those lines. And the reason why God gives that information is so that it puts faith in the individual to receive whatever God wants to do next. And it may be an encouragement, it may be a healing in their life, a deliverance, some sort of encounter. Sometimes God has to get our attention with something that nobody could know outside of divine intervention so that he can give us something else that he really wants to give us to open our faith, to open up our heart. And so often I say those, those, those words come from these impressions and taking time to distinguish which tone it is that God is saying in the moment. So we have the impression, pay attention to the impression. Number two, pay attention to the interruption. The interruption. I mean, the, one of the, the main baselines for my whole school, I said it earlier uh, at the beginning of the message, is that the problem is not hearing, it's recognizing the voice of God. And we see this pictured in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Samuel, before he was a prophet, before he was called to be a prophet, he was this young man hanging out with the presence of God, being mentored by this guy named, this priest named Eli. And it says in verse 1 of chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So God wasn't speaking the way that he was in previous seasons. It was rare. It was rare. It was like considered the dark ages, okay? Things were not documented like they were. I'm sure God was speaking, but in the in this context specifically, it was rare, and there was no documentation around what God was saying to his people at this in this season, okay? Now, of course, when you're reading this, you gotta understand the difference between the Old Covenant and the New, okay? In the Old Covenant, God's Spirit would rest on prophets, kings, priests, on assignment, and then often that's the Spirit of God would lift when the assignment was finished or there was rebellion, okay? The difference between old and new is that God doesn't leave you because of your bad behavior now. God is with you and with you for the long haul, okay? That will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's why David prayed prayers like in Psalms, God, like, you know, don't take your spirit from me. 
don't take your spirit because this did actually happen. But the good news of the, of the new covenant, which is why it's a better covenant, is God is here and he's here to stay, okay? So when you read the old and you hear me talk, don't think, well, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't, don't think that what I'm saying about, you know, God always speaking out of the new covenant versus in this time there was a, a dark age, God didn't speak that I'm I'm giving conflicting information. No, I'm I'm helping you see through the context of the old versus the new. Okay, God is always speaking. He's with us. He's made his home in our hearts if you've let Jesus into your life. Okay, so here we go, verse, verse, um, verse two. Sorry, it's verse one. Let's read it again. The, the, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Verse 2, and it came to pass at the time, while Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, which symbolizes the presence of God, and while Samuel was lying down, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here, am, here I am. Verse 5, so he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you've called me. Remember, it was the Lord that had called Samuel, but Samuel didn't recognize that it was the Lord. He thought it was Eli. He thought it was his mentor. So he's lying down symbolically in the presence of God. He's spending time with God. He hears a voice, but doesn't recognize the voice of God. Didn't have the teaching, didn't have the understanding, wasn't being taught about the impression, wasn't being taught about the interruption. He's there for the first time, no widespread revelation. It was rare in those days. He hears something, but doesn't recognizing it. Is not recognizing it, which is why we say the problem is not in hearing, it's in recognizing. He runs to Eli and says, here I am, for you call me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and laid down. Verse 6, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. He answered, I did not call. My son, lie down again. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived. All of a sudden, his mentor's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, this is weird. The guy's hearing voices now. And it's definitely not my voice. So it must be God. So he rose, went to Eli, said the same thing, and Eli perceived that the Lord uh, had called the boy. Verse 9, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called that other time, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. And this was the launching pad into Samuel's prophetic assignment in his life. Samuel was one of the great prophets. He was the one who prophesied the king, the greatest king that Israel ever had, David. He was the one that anointed David. Samuel had a great, great role. And this is where it all began, in this place of learning to recognize the voice of God. He was interrupted. He was laying down, doing his priestly duties, ministering before the ark of God, being mentored by this priest named Eli, doing his thing, routine of life, and he's interrupted. Some of the greatest moments in our life when it comes to the voice of God, getting a, getting a hold of what God is saying, is when we're doing our everyday things, 
and God interrupts us. I love the interruptions. I don't know what it is. I think it's probably one of my favorite things or favorite ways that God speaks to us or speaks to me is when I'm interrupted. I'm doing the thing that I'm always doing and God interrupts my thought, interrupts my moment and speaks to me. And I love it. I know something about it for me. I just feel so, so much love from it. I just feel like, wow, you just like, I wasn't, I wasn't even focusing on you. I wasn't even giving you attention and you just interrupted my moment. And I love those moments. And, and often, these moments of interruption are very inconvenient. You know, I can't tell you how many hundreds of times I've been on planes and I'm wanting to sleep and God interrupts me and gives me a word for the person sitting beside me or the stewardess or I'm in a restaurant. I just want to eat my food and get out of there because maybe I'm in a rush and God interrupts me in the moment and I have to give a word to pray for the stewardess or pray for healing for somebody. God interrupts me and gets my attention in a moment when I'm doing my everyday things. Like those are the most powerful often moments of our life. And I'm thankful for those and pay attention to those. I remember I was just sharing a story with somebody the other day, actually, where years ago I was in a church service. I was, was actually our church and we were, were worshiping. We were just like a time of worship. And I remember I had my hands up just worshiping God in the moment, powerful moment. And I have this vision of somebody rushing the stage and going after the platform. And uh, I thought to myself, wow, that was weird. I was out of nowhere. It was like my thoughts, my mind, my spirit was interrupted. And literally, I don't even know how long, maybe 30 seconds, a minute, um, somebody rushed the stage. And let's just say there was a little bit of a uh, aggressive altercation as a result. And I was think thinking to myself, like, these are the interruptions. Often they're warning sometimes, get ready, embrace, something's going to happen. They can be both good and bad in that sense, in that state. For me, it was good. It gave me sort of like a warning. But sometimes we don't know. We don't know if it's a warning. We don't know what it means. We don't know the timing of it. I'd say pay attention to the interruptions because you never know what's going to come out of it. So number two, the interruption. Number three, pay attention. Last point, to the illumination. To the illumination. It says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specially gifted, and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know, listen to this, the truth, because he teaches us, illuminates our minds, and guards us from error. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is our anointing, is the one who gifts us. The Holy Spirit is the one who shows us who truth really is. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us, who illuminates our minds, and guards us from error. I love when I'm in the word. You know, it says in Psalms 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I love it when I'm in the word and the word illuminates my life. It illuminates where I'm at. You've often heard it said like this, we don't read the word, the word reads us. The word illuminates us. The word sends back a mirrored reflection of where we're at of who we are, of what we're called to be and called to do. And I love it when I'm in the Word and all of a sudden, it's like it's reading my life. It gives me a lamp unto my feet. It helps me see where I currently stand so that ultimately I can see ahead of where I'm called to go. It illuminates 
It illuminates my life. It illuminates my path. It illuminates my current condition. It illuminates things in my heart. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had moments studying the scripture where I've just wept over the word because I felt like I was literally in the story. I was literally in the story of what I was reading and it was like illumination. It was illumination on my heart, illumination on my soul. Not only was it encouraging, but it was revealing. It was revealing. The word reveals to us. It illuminates. I love what Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, the lamp of the eternal illuminates the human spirit, searching our most intimate thoughts. The lamp of the eternal illuminates the human spirit, searching our most intimate thoughts. God's voice, the Holy Spirit's voice does just this. That's why I was saying about the word, like when we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the word makes sense. When we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the word comes alive to us and God speaks to us through his word. But what about when we're just hanging out and we have an interruption or we have an impression and the Holy Spirit uses that to illuminate a situation over someone's life or over my own life, our own lives, helps us to see clear where we maybe before we were seeing cloudy. It helps us to have clarity when we were seeing cloudy. Like the word does this. His word is now word when he speaks to us, does just this, which is why we need to know what he is saying and pay attention. I remember talking about, um, you know, illumination. I remember when... I was, this was years ago, in 2005, I was ministering in England. There was a season when I was in England all the time speaking. And 2005, I was speaking in England, and I was meeting with the pastors at their house, uh, one, of the, one of the pastors of one of the churches that I was speaking at. And it was a Friday night, and I was actually getting ready to speak a conference out on the weekend at their church, and I was going to finish it off on the Sunday morning. And uh, we were talking, and I remember the, the, the pastor's wife, like the one of the pastors, Heather, she was just crying and weeping because there was this woman, this, her close friend that she had been praying for to have an encounter with Jesus. She didn't believe in God. She was addicted to prescription drugs, uh, just in a rough place, full of depression, full of anxiety. Her life was falling apart. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, I have this open vision it was like, literally, it was like a light, like a light switch went on. It was like the whole, my, my, this whole situation that she was describing to me was illuminated and I could see it for what it really was. And I saw a vision of this woman, even though I'd never actually met her, I saw this woman and then I saw, and I felt like it was her. I saw this fence. On the other side of the fence was this hanging jug of milk. And then beyond that was this lush, beautiful forest. And I saw this woman right at the fence line. She was like right in front of the fence. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that she's close. She's close because this pastor was saying, we need to pray for her, pray that she encounters Jesus. She, she's in a really rough spot. She needs Jesus to set her free. And I said to her, listen, I said, I believe she's close. She's literally at the fence. She's like almost on the fence. That's how close she was. And just on the other side is the nourishment is the newness that she needs for her new journey. And she's about to move into this whole lush new land. It was like lush forest. And that symbolized like relationship with God. It was like, you know, the garden life, Adam and Eve, and the garden, lush garden, lush forest. And uh, I said, it's she's close. I believe she's going to have an encounter really soon. Guess what? Two days later, she ended up coming, was invited to the service that I was speaking at on Sunday morning, and she has an encounter with Jesus, gives her life to Jesus, totally transformed, and got powerfully, powerfully touched by the power of the Holy Spirit and began her new journey. And so in moments like these, pay attention, 
Pay attention to when God illuminates something. Pay attention to when God gives you the impression. Pay attention to when God gives you the interruption because you never know what's going to happen. I remember I remember one time I was in a coffee shop and we were just hanging out. And I remember I had my, my this was years ago, I had my prophetic school that I had developed. I had one of the manuals. I had, I had three that I had developed. And I had the, the first one that I had developed, I had it open on the table. And we were just kind of reading. I was kind of reading it, and I was with this individual. We were sharing about, like, God stories, and we were reading this one scripture together. And all of a sudden, like, the atmosphere changed. And literally, there was a sign and a wonder that appeared in the coffee shop. And literally, like, all of a sudden, over this one area, this scripture, God began to illuminate it. And I, I knew, I knew beyond a shadow of the doubt, like, God was invading the atmosphere. And I remember in that coffee shop, people started to have encounters with God. They were being drawn to our table. We started praying for them, prophesying over them. And it was a powerful moment. And it was like God was illuminating this one passage of scripture that got our attention so much to the place where we said, okay, God, do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do right now. I'm telling you. And it was like God showed up in that coffee shop in a powerful way, touching people's lives. And so you just never know. Pay attention to these moments because when you do, you get to learn more about how God's voice speaks and how God's and, and 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 to recognize his voice in and through your life. If you're listening today, as we close, I want to pray for you. If you're listening, you felt like this impacted your life, I want you to stand up. I want you to just put out your hands like in a posture of receiving just before we close, because I want to pray for you, because I believe in this season, God is going to open up your ears in a new way. You're going to learn to recognize the voice of God in a new way in your life. We need to hear the sound of his voice in a way that we never have before, in a, in a culture, in a, in a time in society when there's so many other voices, so many other tones and sounds and things trying to get our attention right now. We need him to be the main, main, main focal point, the thing that's getting our attention the most in this season. We need to know the only way we follow, the only way we can follow and have this relationship with God is to hear and recognize his voice. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. They follow me because they know me and they know me because they've learned to recognize my voice. They can distinguish my voice amongst all the other voices in the crowd in Jesus' name. So this is my prayer for you. Why don't you stand up? God, I pray that in this season, you would open our ears to hear. Help us to tune in, lean in, lock in in this season in a way that we never have before. God, I'm praying that you'd raise up in this season people that know your voice and want to make your voice known to others. I pray that in this season, God, like there would just be this sensitivity in the midst of like hard times, troubling times, confusing times, dividing times, that your voice would be the loudest voice amongst the others. God, as somebody who's following you, who's in relationship with you, God, I'm asking that you would help our culture, our kingdom culture community, all those that are watching, those that are new with us this morning, watching, joining in online. God, I pray that everybody watching, that you would strengthen our hearing ear, but not just to hear, to recognize in this season. We don't want to be like Samuel, always wondering what it is that you're saying. We want to be, we want to be, people that have so are so used to your voice that we lock into recognizing what it is that you're saying quick in this season. We need to recognize your voice quick in this season. God, I pray that you give us a hunger and a desire for your word in this season, that maybe 
we haven't built a foundation strong enough yet in the word to have a solid framework to know how to distinguish your voice like Hebrews 4 chapter 12 says about how it divides soul and spirit, distinguishes good and evil. Help us to know what it is that you're saying. Help us to know when it's not you speaking in Jesus' name. So God, I thank you for just an impartation over everybody watching of just a, a greater ability to recognize your voice in this season. God, raise up people that become a voice for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, Kingdom Culture. Hope that you that encouraged you as you move into this next season, and we will see you next week. Wow, thank you so much, Pastor Sean, for yes. encouraging us with this word. What is he saying? So I good. love that last verse that you, one of the last verses that you read, Psalms 105 that says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my mm. path. Jesus came to be that lamp, to bring that hope, to bring that light into our lives. And we were able to experience, and we want to extend an opportunity for you that is watching out wow. there. Yeah. Maybe you're feeling that, that you are in a dark place right now, that you don't have much hope, that you don't know even your next step in your life. Maybe you landed on this channel and you think it was by mistake. Jesus wants to have an encounter with you. Jesus wants to be the light of hope in your life. He wants to bring a new perspective, maybe something that you weren't seeing, your eyes were closed to. I wanna welcome and I wanna encourage you to say yes to him, to invite him to be the lamp of your life, for his word to be that guide, to be uh, bringing light to you. So if that's you, I wanna encourage you to repeat these words after me saying, Lord Jesus, I say yes to you today. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. I ask forgiveness for my sins and I walk into new life with yeah. you. Be my Savior. Be the King of my heart. I honor you as the light of my path. In your name I pray. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen. That's yes. really good. And if you need some help from here, just reach out to us yes. and we'll help you, guide you to the next step. Absolutely. We'd love to send resources your way or come next week and we'll get, get, get you a physical Bible, get you some uh, a black box that we have to yeah. walk to you yeah. in this journey, connect you in with one of our teams or connect groups. Love you guys. Thank you so much yes, for being with us. thank you for being with us. Bless you guys. Bless you. Stay healthy. We yes. bless you to be healthy. We pray a hedge of protection around you. Yes. No weapon form against you could prosper in Jesus' name. God, fill them up with your power. Yes. Let your power manifest in itself in their bodies in Jesus' name. And just yes. keep them safe. Keep them healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Was, wow, power. Bless you guys. Bless you. See you Bye. next week.